podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Here at the channel, we've got podcast interviews and content on all sorts of subjects. Shows on wrestling, football, films, TV, serial killers, mental health, music, conspiracy theories, and more. We've got our weekly flagship show, which is the football, which is uh, the Andy Campbell Championship show, where we discuss the latest news and results from the Skybet Championship, plus the biggest stories from the football world with former Premier League and Championship striker Andrew Campbell providing the analysis. Uh, we recently dropped a new episode of Unscripted and Uncensored with UFC star Brett Johns. And there's a couple of big names from the British fight scene to come over the coming days because this show is part of the 10 Days of AceCast. What is the 10 Days of AceCast? I hear you scream. Well, seeing as it's Christmas, I decided that uh, to thank everyone for their support in my first nine months as a podcast and channel, that I would release 10 brand new full-length podcasts in 10 days in the run-up to Christmas Day. No mean feats creating, producing, and releasing 10 shows in 10 days. So I really appreciate it if you guys could subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash acepodcastnation, and uh, give us a follow on the social medias because... It, was, it felt like a good idea at the time and suddenly it's dawned on me as I edit and desperately try and produce all these shows and get them out every day that uh, it was a lot of fun. But anyway, so to joining me today for a bit of a chat is uh, the US editor for Talk Sport, one third of the Pro Wrestling Show podcast and the best British-based wrestling journalist or media member, Mr. Alex McCarthy. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, welcome back the second time. Second huh? time, that's it. Only the good ones get to come back, see? Oh, I was going to say, got the invite again, so what a nod. What a nod that is. Yeah, not many people come back twice. Yeah, <laughs> lucky. No, it's, um, it's, a lot has happened since we talked last time. Obviously, when we first, uh, when you first come on, I think we was like the early weeks of the Wednesday Night Wars. Yes. So there wasn't, there was plenty of news, but there was nothing really to kind of, form an opinion over in terms of uh like the viewing or the quality of the products um but it's been pretty good i gotta say wednesday nights have fast become the go-to night for wrestling fans i think well you, it's like i've said on twitter a lot recently you, you can't lose do you know what i mean it's um you know this week for instance we've got commercial free openings to both shows adam cole and finn balor for the nxt title and then i believe it's the Lucha Brothers Kenya versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page on AEW. Whatever you tune into there, it's going to be good, right? I yeah, mean, I, I, I personally would probably go for the NXT title match. Um, but if, for what, if I couldn't watch that for whatever reason, I'd be perfectly happy watching AEW as well. And I will watch AEW after anyway. So yeah. um, the quality has been great. Um, strictly talking from a scoreboard perspective, it's 9-2 to NXT, uh, sorry, to AEW, um, which I'm, you know, when you look at just the quality of the show and its merits, I'm not sure that the disparity is there. Um, no. You know, I, I personally feel like NXT um, and the takeovers are still 
the best shows in the world um, as far as the weekly product goes. I really think it's been neck and neck and it's just been great for wrestling. Yeah, it's funny because um, for me, AEW's only had one kind of show which I thought wasn't very good, which was a couple of weeks back. I thought they really, uh, it wasn't great. It was still all right, probably better than Raw most weeks, but it was not as good as they'd been previously. Whereas NXT, I think they had a bit of a misstep in the first episode, which went head to head, because I feel like they kind of worried a bit too much what AEW was doing and tried to counter-program a bit or at least think about what they were doing at certain times. But then since then, they learned very quickly and they focused more on what made it as NXT what it is, which is long-term storytelling, which is logical and makes sense and excellent in-ring. Uh, and since then, they've been good. And the other thing which I find really interesting is, like you say, the ratings are 9-2, which I don't really, I've got to be honest, as a fan, I don't really care about. Um, I'm just happy that there's about 2 million people watching wrestling every Wednesday. Um, but what's interesting to me is I watch a few podcasts. I watch The Fight For When, I watch Wrestling Inc. I watch... Or I listen to The Observer. And particularly with the first two, most weeks, it, the NXT kind of gets the nod as the better show, um, which is interesting to me because obviously they've only won technically twice in the ratings. Mm. But a lot of the time, people seem to come out of it saying, I think NXT was better. But AEW has obviously got that, that kind of new car thing and the, it's fresh and new. And well, it's, it's really interesting. You know, I spoke to Cody yesterday um, at quite a length. And um, one of the things that he said about was there's hardly any crossover in terms of fans and the demographics when you really dive into the ratings. So there's not a lot of fans switching between the two. It seems like AEW have their own hardcore audience. And it seems like WWE... You know, there's no coincidence that then the two weeks that they won was right along the Invasion Survivor yeah. Series angle and they had all the top stars appear. So they're almost competing with their own audience, right? Trying to get WWE fans from the main roster and stuff to invest in what's happening in NXT. Um, so it's great that there actually is probably like between one and a half and two million fans on Wednesday nights. And that's an actual number. It's not like there's a million that are kind of floating between the two it's like we actually yeah. have that pool of fans um and they've kind of found their own niches so really it's on you know, they've got their fans to lose but at the same time there's a lot of traction for you know for it to grow and gain as long as they keep putting on good products and it goes back to what you just said i feel like nxt we're putting on takeover like cards um on tv for for, for weeks and and I know Triple H would never, ever admit that it's as a result of there being competition. But I think it's undeniable that they have been pushed themselves that way. And Cody was telling me that everything that AEW have planned, they're working to a blueprint that's eight to ten months in the future. They've, they've got it all mapped out. That's how they're doing it. So they don't just on a whim say... Um, you know, Let's just think of this as an example. Before Survivor Series, we had two weeks of ladder matches... Whereas, yeah. you know, we'd get the stipulation. I'm sure that wasn't thought of a great deal ahead of yeah. time, right? But they've just thought, and don't get me wrong, great matches, very happy yeah, that it happened. Um, but what I'm saying is there's a difference in logic, um, you know, I guess proactive and reactive. And to a degree, there's obviously a lot of WWE that is going to be planned out because um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, etc. they're very meticulous 
you know, look at the um, Johnny Gargano Champa uh, arc of that story last year, right? That's not just something you do by the fly. But um, I do think, as far as the weekly television show goes, that they have implemented a lot of things to try and uh, drive up more interest, um, which is perfectly fine. That's good for my, you know, it's good for the business, if anything. Yeah, of course. It's interesting because, like, obviously, like the you mentioned the Gargano Champa storyline. With that, they were hinting at that before they even pulled the trigger. So it was very well long-term thought-out story, which is something you don't always get with WWE, like Raw and SmackDown these days. I think Triple H has said quite a few times he he likes the like slow burn, yeah. right? Like, and I feel like there's a lot of hallmarks of that in in his creative through both NXT brands. Yeah, and it's easier to do that when you're taping as well. Obviously, yes. build into a takeover that way. So they've had to change their approach. Um, but I think, like, NXT, I had uh, Sean Ross Sapp on, a couple, well, last week, um, and we had a chat about some of the missteps which AEW have made in, you know, in booking. Because, you know, whilst it's been excellent, it hasn't been perfect. But what has been good is it never, never will be. No, and some of the some of the uh, some of the missteps which they've made, I feel like they they're kind of trying to you know to repair straight away. Like the Dark Order has been a lot better since they've changed the direction with that. And I guess that's what it comes down to. But what's interesting, something you uh, something you said about the what Cody had said about there's not really much crossover. Um, in some ways, that could be a little bit worrying for AEW because obviously they started on what was it, one and just under one and a half million, mm-hmm. um, and they've kind of lost viewers over time. Um, which, if there's no crossover, maybe is a concern. But I still think I like to think of it on the positive side that there's still the best part of two million people watching wrestling, and then the majority of fans, I think, of both, they do watch both but they kind of watch their show and then they'll catch the other one mm. on DVR or the internet or, you know, wherever people watch their stuff, but they'll watch it over the kind of coming days or the days after. So it's interesting. I just, it'd be nice if we could see in 2020, like a rise of both shows getting to where they, I think they deserve because realistically they're both better than Raw and SmackDown and they yeah. have been for a long time. Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, it's my job to cover like yeah, all, all of, of the shows, like like Raw and SmackDown. So um, sometimes I have to force myself like to 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 watch them um, in their entirety. I mean, that. yeah, obviously, like obviously, not fast forwarding them and stuff. Yeah, there, there's um, there's good stuff in every show. Like, there's I don't think I ever watch a show and I'm completely upset <laughs> with what's put on in front of me. But the quality of Wednesday nights is much closer to my original. Uh, you know my origins of love for wrestling if you like yeah. it's that that's you know it's edgier uh, the, and just the the, the style um the characters it's much more in keeping with with what I enjoy um and that's what I do I, I'd say nine times out of ten I've watched NXT first and then caught AEW but I mean there was one or two weeks where I have I've done the opposite I, I caught AEW for whatever reason um I think sometimes you know you wake up and you look on Twitter and then there's like oh my god like I think the week that Cody had that great promo and then I think there was another match, maybe a Moxley match, and I thought, ah, I want to see that. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah, of course. Um, so it's, um, it, it's really neck and neck to me. Like, like, like I said, fans can't lose. Um, and and I, I love what's going on right now. Um, the feeling 
I got from Cody is that AEW do have a plan and an ethos that they are uh, looking to adhere to. And I don't think they're really going to stray from that too much. Um, Tony Khan has all of the last say, Cody says. But that's one of those things, like Triple H would say the same about Vince McMahon. Yeah. Even even in relation to NXT, Vince really wanted to do something. But essentially, the, the Bookers, Cody, the Bucks and Kenny, same with NXT, Triple H, they're, they're actually in control. It's only if something needs to be vetoed or they need to clear something, really. Yeah, I guess if there's like a, any kind of dis- disagreements in direction or, you know, within the group who mm-hmm. are doing the booking, if they think they should do something different, you need someone who can yeah. make that final decision. Well, you, you do need it. I mean, group, historically in wrestling, group booking is not something that goes well. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and for better or worse in WWE, Vince McMahon has always been that bottom line. So um, it, I, I do think you need that one final voice, whether Tony Khan will be that um, in, in a good way is yet to be determined because it's still, you got to remember his, his company is like 12 weeks old, like in terms yeah. of, in terms of a product we're talking about. So um, Vince McMahon generations and years of his own, you know, proven commodity, whereas Tony, um, but what Tony has done very smartly is of course, assemble the team around him. Um, and the bookers that, that should make for a good product that, that has cultivated the following that it has. Um, I still think there are certain issues in, in that lie in being a booker and a performer, yeah, right? Course, like, yeah. um, and I think a lot of those goes without saying, but Cody's already booked himself out of the world title picture. Um, the young she, bucks constantly lose. Yeah. I mean, Kenny, Kenny got off to a real yeah. sluggish start and, you know, they're trying to build stars, but, but is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks built on a national scale yet? Like, there's, you know, you could argue that they are, but to the casual fan, uh, yeah. So it's it's tough. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm not. I don't have an issue. I think Chris Jericho was the right choice to be the champion, yeah. um, and I, I don't hate SCU being the champions either. So um, you can't really argue too much with what they're doing. No, I can, and I can understand why they put the titles on SCU rather than the Lucha Brothers or the Young Bucks. My problem, I think, with the, the, the kind of booking which they're doing with those guys in particular is that there's a bit of a disconnect when you've got the Young Bucks coming out every week um, having these awesome matches and the Jim Ross and the commentary team are telling you they're the best tag team in the world. Yeah. But then they kept losing. And then that's like a bit of a disconnect because if you look at it just from those 12 weeks, they're not the best tag team in the world. So if you if if I'm a viewer who's never seen them in Japan or Ring of Honor or I don't watch Being the Elite, there's a disconnect there between yes. what you're telling me and what you're portraying. Yeah, um, I mean the same with Kenny Omega to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, and that that the translation between the commentary and what you see in the ring is obviously, um, like you said, some of it is working on assumption, like with the Young Bucks, and and it's fine to say these lot are great, but. If you're basing a lot of your product on these tangible rankings, yep. like a win-loss record, then you kind of have to reflect that. And, um, you know, whether they spin that story into they're decorated around the world and but they're struggling here, or I don't know how they're going to, you know, but there should be a, a rationale behind that. Um, because that's what they're doing all the time is he's here in the rankings. If he beats the number one contender... They're going to be here. Um, and that's why a lot of people kind of were like, why the hell is Jungle Boy wrestling Chris Jericho? Like, they yeah. were like, he hasn't won a match. Like, why would he face the champion? 
And then Jericho has to kind of come out on Twitter and go, well, I'm the champion and I wanted to face him. So, yeah. so, so it's okay. But the fact that he has to come out and say that in itself shows you that there's a bit of a, a great... And again, it could just be because it's new, right? Yeah, you, yeah. Fans, fans will settle into these habits as it goes. But um, yeah, you're right. It, it, there's, they're probably having to do that quite a lot in um, clear up the ambiguity and, and it's like I think Jericho said not long ago he, he actually held a meeting back, backstage with, with the talent because he was getting so pissed off with how the tag team matches were going because people yeah. just weren't adhering to any rules so yeah and people were people were starting to draw attention to it weren't they in like podcasts and social media well it becomes more about that on Twitter than the actual show which yeah. is you're not what you want at all so no you're, you're right there um the NXT women's division is uh, exceptional. Fire. It's unbelievable. Um, it's, I think it's the best women's division I've ever seen, mm-hmm. uh, ever. I'd agree. Uh, and I know some people will say, oh, you know, Charlotte Bailey and the horsewomen and stuff. But, but that was very much kind of the four of them. And then, like, Oscar came. And obviously, there was a couple before them, like Paige and, uh, and some others. Um, but at the moment, I just think it's incredible. And obviously, that's one of the criticisms of AEW is that the, how they've kind of gone down the route with the women's division. But um, I want to focus more on the NXT women's division. Where do you see them going uh, from here now? Do you think they're going to take the title off Shayna tonight? Man, that's a tough one. Or do you um, think they'll wait till the takeover and have like a bit of a screwy finish tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that Rhea is probably the, the girl. Um, so it's like, is it now or, I mean, what the next takeover is what, the Rumble? Uh, Portland, isn't it? Portland, right, okay. Because um, they've got two quite close together, I think, haven't they? Right, right. So I, I could see that happening. I mean, I, I personally believe that Shayna will be on the WrestleMania card. Yeah. So she is likely to drop it. Not, you know, it's not given because Kevin Owens debuted with the title, but she's likely to drop it before... Before then, she's probably going to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, so it would make all the sense in the world that she'd drop it before then. I don't know if she'll drop it tonight. Um, the fact that they've made it the main event makes me think maybe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they've already, they've already pushed it out there that Gargano and, and Cole... Uh, what am I talking about? Cole and Bala will open. So um, normally that they, they push the main event slot for a reason. Um, and they'll probably finish on a high. Rhea has been on the ridiculous wave of momentum, so if you are going to give it to her eventually, why not now? Um, but as far as the division goes as a whole, I'm a huge, like, I'm a huge Io Shirai fan. I, I think she's awesome in her darker character. I think Bianca Belair has incredible upside. Everyone that I speak to, Charlotte Flair being one of the main ones, have got all the praise in the world for Bianca Belair. They think she's literally going to be the future of the business. Candice LeRae is a great worker and character. Uh, I could I could sit here all day and go, oh, Dakota Kai, um, there are so, so many. Um, the depth and the, the range of characters, I think is just, it's just amazing. Um, and, 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 you know, that's NXT as a whole, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so I... I, I, I believe that Baszler is going to have like a big big time match um, at WrestleMania. If, if Ronda wasn't going to come, it isn't going to come back. Um, and I, I don't see that she will because she left to start a family that she hasn't started. Yeah. Um, 
I don't. Uh, I, I just feel like Baszler will get that spot with Lynch at Mania, probably, and that's what the foreshadowing was for at Survivor Series. So we've taken that all into all into account. I think she she is going to drop it soon, but um, if it's tonight, I think it's really fifty fifty. Yeah, but I mean, one of the things WWE often gets criticised for is missing the boat when workers are at their peak, the hottest. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they arguably they did it with they've done it with Braun Strowman time and time again. They did it with Bray Wyatt back in the day. They've done it with many people. So you, I, I can see the argument for, for you know, giving Rhea the win tonight, and I can see the argument for having the horsewomen screw it up just as Rhea's about to win, or Dakota Kai doing something just as she's about to win, and then saving it for the bigger you know, the bigger audience, the bigger show for that bigger moment. Mm. So it'd be certainly interesting. Um, so, okay, lastly on NXT and AEW, name me one match that you'd like to see in 2020 from the male and the female side of both products. Oof. Um, I mean, for AEW, um, there's, there's so many possibilities. Um, but I, I mean, we're going to get it. I, just, I don't know when, but, I, but Jericho Moxley in an AEW ring is is going to be good. Um, obviously, we've seen them in WWE Tangle several times, but not this version of Moxley. Like we've seen that, you know, he, he he wrestles a very different way than he did in WWE, and he'll push Jericho to different ways. So I'm very interested to see how they can, because um, they they all want to show a very different way than what they showed in WWE. Um, you know, I'd like to see. It's it's hard in NXT because because they have there's no one who's been really been kept apart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they've kept everyone so strong as well. Yeah, um, but I think if I have to go for it, then um, you know there's so many possibilities with Finn Balor now. Um, I'd like the, I think just all the match him and Gargano is obviously a story that needs to be told. Um, it was yeah. we were going to get it, but that's going to be awesome. There's no doubt about it when that finally happens. Um, the same for the women. It, it is hard, um, but I would like to see Io Shirai. Um, you know, she's already had like a slew of baby faces like Candice LeRae and, and things like that. But um, maybe her and Belair, just because they're two of my favourites, I'd like to see Belair in a real face capacity, trying to beat, you know, I don't know, trying to find a way to beat Shirai. Um, for AEW women, it's, it's harder, but I do like Statlander. Chris Statlander is, is a good debut for me. She's a very unique character. Um, I like the way Brandy Rose is trying to um, build things up. So maybe a face, uh, Britt Baker, which she is, um, taking on like a Brandy Rhodes orchestrated um, Chris Statlander. That would that would do well for me too. Yeah, I can I can get on board with those. I think I quite like to see Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley for the championship mm. um, because I do think that by taking the title off Baszler, it opens up a lot more opportunities for the women's side in the title picture because obviously Shayna's beaten everyone really. Um, yes. And it does get, you have got to that point now where she has, they, even though that division is stacked, she is struggling for an opponent other than Ripley because she's beaten everyone. Yeah. So I can see the benefits of it all. Um, okay. So I just wanted to talk to you briefly about TLC. Uh, because I, me and Andrew did a show uh, talking about it, which is actually out tomorrow, um, and we disagreed with 
the general consensus which I saw on social media. So I'm interested just to see what you liked, what you disliked from the show. Well, I thought the first two matches were like insane. Um, I loved them. Um, and that was New Day and uh, the Revival. I thought that was awesome. And I thought uh, Alistair Black and uh, Buddy Murphy was also very, very good. Um, very entertaining, like a hot way to start the show. And then it kind of went downhill a little bit. Um, <laughs> the the OC and Viking Raiders, I know the story they're trying to tell of that OC are the best and you know Viking Raiders can't get the win over there. Whatever, right? I know, I get it, but it just wasn't very good. Um, and, and it, what's not to say it's not very good? It just, it There's just a disconnect there, though, as well, isn't there? Because you had the Viking Raiders beat them something like five times in a row before yeah. Saudi Arabia. So then all yeah. of a sudden you're telling me that they can't. They, they beat them once or twice now, and it's like, come on, tell the story better. Yeah, and I've just got a thing where I I think, like, a pay-per-view match should be a pay-per-view match. If I've I've seen that match a lot on TV, why is it it on pay-per-view? It's in the name, pay-to-view it. Um, And if you've already seen it for free a million times, I don't really understand that. Um, And Reigns and Corbin, I kind of hated it. Um, and, and I love Reigns, and I actually like Corbin, so it's 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 hard for me to say that. But I just yeah. hate, I just hated how overbooked it was. Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Reigns getting you know crapped on by about six guys, security team. Nobody helps him. No payoff. Like doesn't doesn't make Corbin look any stronger. I could buy Corbin just beating him, like because yeah. Corbin is a good wrestler. Um, I, I could buy that if they booked it that way, but they just. You know, what, what has Corbin really gained out of being the Cowardly Hill once again? I just feel like that's such a dated persona. Um, and if you're six foot eight, like he is, do you Gold, need to be a... Golden gloves. Right. He's, he's legit. You don't need to be a, a coward. Um, I don't get that. Um, what else did we have on there? Talk and to then, me about Bray Wyatt and The Miz. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to disagree, but I'm interested in... Well, I mean, I, I love Bray Wyatt, right? So that, that's, that's for starters. I, I, didn't, I didn't love the match. Um, like, I think I said this on Twitter myself. The, it wasn't a classic by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I guess it did what it had to do to get to the post-match stuff. Um, so anything that happened in that five or so minutes, really, you know, I, I do think the formula for Bray Wyatt fiend matches is boring. Yeah, in the, yeah, in, the in, in the sense that, okay, he's going to take some punishment that's not really affecting him, and then he's just going to win when he pretty much well feels like it. Um, but the, I do love like peeling back more layers of the character, and I do feel like Bray Wyatt opened up a little bit of this. Um, this this look at the fiend that they actually they they believe they're two people they're operators two different yeah. entities, which is cool um, and I like that. And then obviously we've got the Daniel Bryan return. He's different. I love that because it's in keeping with Seth's change. He's turned heel since he dealt with the fiend. Finn Balor looks different. Is different since dealing with the fiend. So that that continuity always sits well with me. Um, I, again, I, I just thought the actual match. Of, good. of Miz and Bray wasn't great, but the story around it, I was I was all into. So yeah. I don't know. The thing I like the most about this iteration of Bray Wyatt is the character development and the the one of the, my biggest gripes. And I'm this, I'm a massive Bray Wyatt fan. I think he's one of the 
most creative guys in wrestling and I think they've wasted uh, you know potential storylines with him for years oh. um, and one of my biggest gripes with him previously was that he would cut like a, a, for instance he would cut a really good promo and then his big master plan would never work Right. Or, or what was it like? Yeah, you know, that's the thing. He, he'd cut a, 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 a loads of promos, and as captivating and as great as they were, it got to the point where he'd cut them and people stopped listening because there was no point. Like, yeah. it didn't matter what he said when the matches came. You knew he was going to lose. You knew you knew that he might win a battle, but he'd lose the war. So why are you going to invest your time in listening yeah. to in listening to all his, um, you know, riddles? Yeah, riddles is is the right word. So, um, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And he, and 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 he he would have like a big war, and then the person who he's been feuding with and playing all these mind games and doing all this different stuff and saying how he's going to change them forever, and then they'd come out the next week when the feud was over and they'd be exactly the same. Whereas this time round, he seems to have more say than ever in what's going on around him. Well, like we said earlier with AEW, this seems like one of the only times where WWE have a, a, a real plan. Like, they yeah. know what they're doing with him from person to person. It's no coincidence that Balor and Rollins and Daniel Bryan now have all exuded the change. I believe they know who Bray Wyatt is facing at WrestleMania yeah. already. And I believe that to be Roman Reigns. But yeah. I, I believe that they have the, a very stringent plan in place for him, which fills me with great joy that they've finally given Bray Wyatt the um a good the atten- yeah the attention and run that he deserves be interesting i think um geez, what do you think about this then for miz to change uh he comes back as tag team with john morrison yeah i think it needs to happen don't you yeah that's um, and then you can always it can always be a short run where morrison turns on him yeah, if I mean, they don't want to keep them together as a tag just, team just to get them both to the next bit that's fine but it, yeah. you know for, for like a month or so that would work absolutely perfectly and you know who knows you could even make them a tag team and then have them face each other at Mania people would probably buy into it there's a lot of history in the yeah. in them too that you know a video package would be wonderful before so um, yeah I, I, I'm totally behind that just sticking on TLC to the main event um, I thought this at the time they tried a lot that didn't seem to click. Like it was very inventive. They were trying yeah. to be very creative, but what they actually did didn't really seem to fluidly come off. And yeah. um, do you think they tried too much? Probably, but I I, I get why the bar's been set so ridiculously high. Yeah. Um, and I did think I thought the rope spot was fantastic um, with Oscar and Becky. Um, but we all know why the match kind of didn't really go yeah, of the way it did. You know, with, with Kyrie getting hurt um, fairly early on in it, that changes the whole dynamic of, you know, when there's four people in there, you've all got places to be in different spots and things to do. Take one person out of the equation, the whole formula is completely different. So, um, do you think they should have pulled her from the match earlier? Or I, I, they... You've seen the video, right? Where Becky rolls her under the ring and looks yeah. after her. Um I think at that point, if you know she's that bad that you have to roll her out of the way, that someone needs to say to someone, seriously, like, get, her get, her out. Out, get her out of here. Because um, I know that she is, you know, a, a, a warrior, no pun intended. But, man, that, that seemed to stretch beyond the limits. Um, and then She took some big bumps as well after that, like really big bumps. And I just think, come on, in this day and age, we know that the you know the things with concussion and we know there's big risks there and to take the bump she did if it was like 
uh, there wasn't long left or yeah. you know, she wasn't really doing a great deal. It's not okay. like they didn't know. Like it was clear that there was like no one home at, at yeah. that point. Like she wasn't really. There were there. several points, wasn't there? Where when she Charlotte, was... when Charlotte gets her up to the power bomb, she she don't know what's going on. Do you no. know what I mean? She she is very God, God knows how much she weighs. It's very easy for her to pop up into a power bomb, right? The fact that she was so like dead weight and didn't know what she was doing, and then Charlotte still puts her through the table. I know. So and, and that's not a knock on Charlotte. Like you know, she's doing what she's got to do, and they're in that match, but. Um, you would have thought at that point it might be like something's really wrong here. And then oh, sticking on Charlotte, the bump she took was sh- oh, that was horrible as well. Like Nasty. as as soon as she goes through the table, you know, you although like great sellers are great sellers and that, but but that was like legit pain. You could see the way her yeah. head snapped back, and straight away she was like, oh, like it, it, it was clear that she taken a really nasty nasty bump. And then we didn't see her on Monday, so that probably tells you everything you need to know about that. But um, yeah, I, I I commend them for trying, uh, you know, to go out there and steal the show with the main event. Nobody can question the work rate, but man, it just didn't really come off the way they would have hoped. Yeah, and I think the thing is, if you did that match again next month in this exactly, you know, TLC, I bet you they would they could put on a cracker. Yeah, um, it's just I think it was just an off night. Maybe the booking of the actual match wasn't quite right, and then you throw in. Kyrie's injury as well yeah um, and like lastly I'll say on that I, the thing is Charlotte Becky and Oscar could have easily carried the rest of that match between the three of them they're, they're all very familiar with each other they're all like the, probably the best three workers they've got in terms of women's stars you know they could yeah. have worked something out they, well they could have They, you know I know it's hard on the fly but with, yeah, all, the, with all the instruments they had and whatnot I'm you know uh, it's not as if they they could have called an audible and kind of, yeah, they could have. Um, I, I, it's just that there's so many refs around there. They must have been talking to the people in the back. They must have said, there's something really wrong with Kyrie Sane here. Like that, that I, I struggle to believe that nobody had the, the presence of mind to say, we, should, we need to switch gears here or go in a different direction. But, well, there was, there was two points which stick out for me was when Becky went to her and was like rolled her out of the way and was speaking to her. But also there's a point where Oscar's speaking to her in Japanese. Um, and they're clearly, it's not like they're calling spots. They're having like a back and forth conversation in the middle of a match, yeah. which at the time I thought that's unusual. And then when I found out, oh, she was injured and stuff and yeah, Oscar's clearly, clearly, she's clearly checking on her. So like yeah. the, even the language barrier kind of doesn't like pay into that because you had someone else there who speaks a bit better English and was, you know, communicating with her. But, you know, it's, it's easier. It's easy for us to say, um, I think it's harder to tell a wrestler in a main event that they've got to. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you put yourself in that spot, especially if you are Kyrie Sane and it's your first main roster main event yeah. as the champ. Oh, nobody would be rolling me out of that match. Do you know no, what I mean? No, and, yeah. and especially with the mentality that there is in the wrestling business, like, um, I'm not surprised at all. You know, she, she, there's no way she was going to be volunteering to to head to the back or whatnot. You know, no. I don't know. So, yeah, uh, it's an interesting one, I think, isn't it? Um, okay, so you mentioned Roman Reigns there. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, however, there was something which happened in well, a few things which happened in the Corbin match, which had me worried. So I got a feeling, you know, first of all, they did the beat down by eight people or whatever it was, and then yeah. suddenly. 
you know, takes them all out and that, which is part of the problem they had with him before. But also uh, Michael Cole saying uh, one versus all, one versus all. He said it about four or five times in a very short space of time. And that took me back to the Royal Rumble where they did that angle where Vince was trying to make him do the pain us, eliminations. Yeah. yeah, convince us that he, you know, we everyone knows that Vin, that he was Vince's guy in kind of real life. But they in the story they're trying to tell us that he, you know, he was against him and this, which had me worried because I just think if they go that route again, there's always that risk with Reigns that fans will turn and even though he's getting cheered regularly that every now and again when he does certain kind of comebacks after being beaten down for 10 minutes or something you can hear the smattering of boom booze mm. and i think if they go that one versus all route again and he wins the rumble and then beats the fiend like for the first the fiend losing for the first time i think they've got to be careful now i'm not saying that roman reigns shouldn't be in a massive match at Mania. And I'm not saying necessarily that he shouldn't win the Royal Rumble. He wouldn't be my choice, but I just think they can, I hope they don't make the same mistake again because uh, he, him as a person deserves better. Oh, 1000%. I'm the same as you. I'm a big Roman fan and, and I like him as a human being. Um, having met and interviewed him a couple of times, he he's such a great guy. Um, he's a hard worker. He is a, he is a good um, in-ring performer as well. Like It's, it's not, yeah. you know, he, he deserves credit for that and I'm glad the Superman punch isn't putting people away anymore but um, it it's one of them he's gonna have a big match at Mania right yeah. as, as far as I'm aware we're gonna get Lesnar and it looks like Fury depending on how February goes or it'll be Velasquez and then you've got who's gonna fight the Fiends look at the Smackdown roster it probably is going to be Reigns. You have yeah. to look, you know what I mean? Like, There's not that, a great deal that, of choices. That, that, that doesn't take a genius, really, to work that out. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, especially since he's been kept away from him thus far. So, it, but, so getting, what I'm saying is, getting to those two title matches, Lesnar's opponents don't need to win the Rumble. Yeah. They can, they, they can happen organically. Which leads me to believe WWE probably will have Reigns win the Rumble. Um, and Vince, you know, they need to be careful, obviously, exactly what you said. But Vince needs to be aware that just because Lerone Reigns has leukemia doesn't mean that they can just book him however they want now and people will tolerate it. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, he, yeah. Th- he thinks that that's like a, an asterisk next to Reigns where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't, can't boo the guy because people will. Yeah. Um, which obviously, people like me and you don't want to see that happen again because he's, he's come through so much to be where he is now, where the fans are kind of back on side. Um, it was never his fault in the first place. We should No, we should it mention. was the booking. Yeah, of course. So, you know, don't put him back into that corner again. Um, so, it, it, I'd like to see him fight the Fiend at Mania and lose. I'd yeah, like that. I think so, that would be amazing because I think people won't expect it. Exactly. And the um, pop will be huge and it'll be a great moment because Bray Wyatt's lost at every mania. Exactly. People so are waiting like, for that as well. He's finally arrived. Like, Vince needs to get this um, idea out of his head that The Fiend is like a monster heel. That's what he needs to get really out of his not. head. He's not at all. He's one of the coolest things that they have going. So, um, for me, I feel like that, that's crucial to the story. But I am down for Reigns and The Fiend having a programme, 1,000%. It's just um, how they do it. Um, which yeah. 
they haven't always hit all the right notes, but I think they showed with the Miz story that they are capable of doing so. Yeah, um, personally, I would have someone from NXT win the Men's Rumble. Um, but then go and fight who? Could be an ne- NXT match at Mania, but you mm. can't have it as they never put. The thing is, my my thinking with that is they never they haven't had the main event of Mania be the winner of the Rumble for Lord yes. knows how long anyway. So it's not like if you have someone from NXT win it, you've got to then put them in the last match at Mania because mm. you don't. No. Um, like personally, if I was booking it, I would have had, I would have been teasing Riddle versus Lesnar and Riddle versus uh, Goldberg for the last yeah. Lord knows how long, and I would have been doing Riddle versus Goldberg at uh, Royal Rumble, and then go down the Riddle versus Lesnar at Mania. But that's just I, me. I mean, I, I've said this as well. I, I'd like it to be. Um, I tweeted this the other day. I'd like Riddle to get to the last two. Yeah, and then. You Goldberg think, and, you, again yeah, and then Goldberg gets him out, like, and uh, and, uh, and then you've got Goldberg and Riddle ready for Mania, and then maybe the year after, you get Riddle and Lesnar. Yeah. Um, so here's just sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to tell you this when I did the show with Sean uh, Rossap, he came up with an idea for that. He said basically the same that that Riddle's on a tear, looks like he's going to win it, and then you have Goldberg come in at like number thirty and eliminate him. But he said, don't do it at Mania, do yeah. it at the Takeover. Mania weekend, yeah. And Goldberg be like the biggest heel in the business at new uh, for uh, you know an NXT takeover coming in to face Riddle. What do you think about that for an idea? Because the the because obviously it's in the same arena, um, or it won't be for Mania. Well, it won't be in the same arena, but it'll be in a large arena. It'd, it'd be, it'd be a, yeah, it'd be in the arena that they have the Raw after and stuff like that. Like, um, I. I, I, I mean, I like the idea. I think it's the same as 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 um, the Mism fiend in the sense that the the story would be greater than the match because well, yeah, I don't. And and Goldberg's welcome to make me eat my words. I don't believe he's capable of putting on a great match, and I don't want him to squash Riddle either. Riddle I has want to be, Riddle to squash him. Riddle has to be the one who beats him, right? So, I mean, if, if Riddle squashed him, then then great. <laughs> great I'd be all for it but I don't envisage WWE doing that because they think there's still miles left in Goldberg yeah um, but then if it's done on TakeOver would Vince see that as or uh, it doesn't matter as much as him losing into Riddle on Mania well he, he might but at the same time if Vince is paying Goldberg X amount of money I don't yeah, think, I don't think he puts on. him on a TakeOver either so you'd probably have to chuck him an extra million to lose the riddle as well <laughs> yeah a cool meal but, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean in practice I mean I, I think if they don't touch on Goldberg riddle and Lesnar riddle that in, in, in the time to come they've they've made a serious serious error yeah absolutely um, so just to finish off I got three quest- questions for you briefly. Where are these Christmas um, questions, man? Where are they? I know. I put them at the end <laughs> and then we got talking. And it's, it's, Right. So very quickly, CM Punk, let's assume, rather than asking you the same question, will he be at Mania? Let's assume he's at Mania this year or next year. Who would you put him in and how would you get there? Rollins. And um, now that Rollins is a heel, it's an easy story. Um, to tell he says he's the best Punk says he's the best um, Punk huge baby face return it writes itself okay see for me I would go Triple H and I would put it 
That'd be a great story. Yeah, just, that's just the promos would be electric. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be fine with that. Um, I, I, and I think when whoever you roll Triple H out against next, there needs to be some kind of. I could see it being Triple H and Shane, um, and that'd be a way of Shane coming back in. But uh, I think, yeah, just like you said, really, um, that that story writes itself as well. They're probably the two most obvious routes for Punk. Yeah, and I think Punk wants that. He's never had that main event at Mania, and I think yeah. either one would probably give him that. Yeah. Um, so we had a question sent in by JD, uh, who said, just before the Christmas, I'll uh, do the Christmas questions then. Uh, who, <laughs> uh, who do you guys think will be the first wrestler to jump ship from AEW to WWE or NXT rather than the other way around? Um. From AEW to, to WWE NXT, okay. Um, ooh, that's it's a hard, hard one. one, isn't it? That is a hard one. Um, and I think that's because just of the makeup of the people that are in AEW right now. And also... Everyone's happy at the moment. Yeah, if you're making good money in AEW, the schedule is like ridiculously lighter. So I don't anticipate anybody really doing that. Not yet. It would take a year or two. And then maybe if WWE make a big offer. But you've got to remember, all the top stars in AEW at the moment are either in executive positions where they book or have been to WWE. So yeah. I, I, there's, there's no way. I, 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 honestly think, I honestly think there's no easy way to answer that question. No, I will say uh, just in response to that question, it's not necessarily an AEW guy, but I think that people are ruling out my scroll to the WWE a bit too much. I think there's still a chance. And I think the fact he's gone to NWA for a run means that he hasn't probably decided exactly what he's doing. He's going to, you know, have a look at the offers and then he can decide in 2020, New Year. Mm. And let's well, face it, he can, he's going to get paid wherever he goes because WWE will want him, AEW will want him, New Japan will want him. And yeah, I mean, Cody, will pay him as well. Cody said that as much to me yesterday, that uh, Marty is going to just test the waters around the world um, for the next few months. Nothing he's going to go and do is permanent. And then he'll make his mind up. Um, yeah. I think the pull of the elite will surely be too great, um, but at the, you know, and I, I've heard it, that essentially it's, it's a lock that he will eventually yeah. sign there. But his missus is um, WWE in NXT, NXT. and uh, he lives he in Orlando. There. You know, there, there's a, like you said, there's a lot that that is kind of pulling in that direction too. So I wouldn't rule it out, but um, he, he is. You know, you have to remember he is a member of the elite. But do you, think that's, do you think that's holding him back? Because I remember a time before he was in Bullet Club and the Elite where Marty Skrull was... I personally, only in my opinion, I love Marty Skrull. He's one of my favourite mm. wrestlers. I found him much more interesting as a wrestling character. Not necessarily on being the Elite and stuff. That's all cute and fine and funny. He's very entertaining. But I find him as a wrestler and a character much more entertaining before he was in the elite. Well, he, um, I mean, he could still find that in AEW now because yeah. you know, look, look at Hangman Page. He's not defined by by the elite or, yeah. um, or yeah, anything like that. So um, it, it all depends. Um, ultimately, he's going to do what he wants to do. But I, I think Smart Money says that he'll go to AEW because WWE will be there after that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, there's. I hope that AEW is going to be around for a long time, but there's no guarantee how long it will last. And I think he'll he'll do that venture with his friends while he still can. Yeah. 
yeah, I agree. Um, but I just think people are ruling out a bit too quickly. Yes. Um, I also think that his style and character is actually probably better suited to a WWE run. But like you say, that'll be there in the future anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, are you all right for these Christmas questions? Yeah, go I'm on, right. mate. Hit me. Hit me. Because I sent them to you before, so I wasn't uh, like just throwing them on you. Uh-huh. Um, so first of all, it was, uh, what's your favourite pay-per-view of all time and why? Okay, so my favourite pay-per-view of all time, um, and this is this is very tough, very, very tough. Um, I want to give an honourable mention to Fully Loaded 2000 um, that had The Rock and Benoit, it had Jericho and Triple H in The Last Man Standing, it had Undertaker and Angle. Uh, there's like a triple main event. Angle, Benoit, Jericho were like the new blood. Rock, Triple H, uh, Undertaker were like the, the established stars. It was a real coming out party for all of the uh, three emerging stars. Um, and it was just an example of wrestling done really, really well. Yeah. Um, but WrestleMania 17 is my favourite of all yeah. time. Um, you know, Rock Austin, TLC 2, uh, but it's the best TLC. Uh, Triple H, Undertaker... Um, I think Guerrero wins the European title. There's, there is so, oh, McMahon and the McMahon match is actually great. Shane and Vince. Um, yeah. There is so much going on on that card. Uh, even the hardcore match that opens it up, I think it's Show, Kane, and Raven. Uh, it was just so much fun. It was just a great, great card. Um, I could sit, I, I've sat there and watched it like full way through countless times. Um, so it has to be that. Yeah, that's one of my favourites. Um, well, as a spectacle, I also like the Hogan versus Rock. Uh, next year, eighteen. Yeah. Um, no pre-shows in those days as well. No. <laughs> uh, okay, best Christmas-themed match of all time. Oh, see, I'd, that's see, impossible. That is hard. All, all I can ever really remember is Del Rio running over Santa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think Austin giving Santa a stunner. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, yeah. The re- you know the rest of them. I don't really have that many Christmas wrestling memories. No, I mean either. I um I remember Kane uh, choke slamming someone in a turkey costume, <laughs> something like that. But I not one for like the the Halloween street fights and the Christmas street fights. Nah, done. Not for me. Okay, now for the good stuff. Best Christmas film of all time. Oh man, that's so tough. Um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, right? And, I, and I've got like um. Uh, I've got like a, uh, an, an elite list, like the, like there's an upper bracket, right? Yeah. Where, um, so like, I, I like Home Alone's a Christmas film to me, okay? Absolutely. Um, and Love Actually is a very good film. I, I won't have anyone disparage that. Um, mm, I haven't seen it, so it's, oh, it's very, very good. Um, and then you've got like Miracle on 34th Street and, and, and things of that nature. Um, I really like Christmas with the Cranks, Tim Allen, very good. But um, Elf, I think, is the is Elf. the number one for me. Um, good choice. It's just uh, you know it, you forget now. It's sixteen years old. That film. Crazy, isn't it? We we, um, we watch that with the kids every Christmas Eve. Yeah. We, yeah. we like we'll watch throughout December. We watch a different Christmas film each night with like all of us sat together, and um, we're not allowed to watch Elf before Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's, it gets the prime spot. Yeah, it's the, the box office main event, that is. Um, and lastly, Die Hard, Christmas film or not? Of course it is. Of course Absolutely. it is. Um, do you know what bothers me about that, right? So that the whole point of the Nakatomi Tower or whatever it's called, right, 
the whole point is that he's trying to get home for Christmas <laughs> with his family and all of that malarkey. Um, it is a Christmas film. I, it's snow. There's, there's uh, what's this? Die, Die Hard 2 as well. They're, they're yeah, two, that's say, two, they're two Christmas films, right? Like, come on. Um, I, won't, I won't have that set. Die Hard's a great film as well. Great like, franchise. Great. I know that it's just not um, aesthetically a Christmas film because it's not like a feel-good saves Christmas and Santa and... It's not one to watch with the kids. No, but it is a Christmas film. Absolutely. That's, that is that. 100%. I, um, and funny enough, I'm, we're do, I'm doing a podcast with my, one of my co-hosts, Jamie, where we're going to look into all the Die Hard films in one show uh, as part of the 10 Days of Ace cast plug. Uh, oh, I uh, love the, uh, the third one as well, by the way. With I like all of them. I, do. I, like I, them. I haven't, yeah. actually haven't seen the newest one, so I'm looking forward to getting to that. I think the last one that I saw... He's out there with his son. Yeah, that's the one I haven't seen, so I'm quite looking forward to that one, just as something new. Yeah. Okay, Alex, thank you for joining me. Thank you for giving me like the best part of an hour of your time. I appreciate it. No problem, it, man. Um, tell people where they can find your podcast, your Twitter, and all the stuff. Well, the podcast is kind of... We have, I don't think we've done an episode since like September, October, because um, Will Gavin, one of the co-hosts, has been up to his eyes in NFL. Um, so it's kind of been on hiatus, but um, plans are afoot for TalkSport to be launching um, an official wrestling show um, that I will keep you all updated on. You can get more information with that and all of the interviews that I do um, at AlexM underscore TalkSport on Twitter. Um, so yeah, you can normally find me there and all of that good stuff. Um, and of course, on TalkSport forward slash wrestling, you'll get all the interviews and news that I put that I put my blood, sweat, and tears yeah, into every day. Absolutely, absolutely, and they're they're very good as well. Thank you so, very much. Uh, guys, you can find me on Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation, and uh, like I say, we're at, as we record this, we're uh, this is day three of the ten days of AceCast. Uh, so I'd appreciate it if you all could uh, give us a follow on social media and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're trying to get us get those uh, subscribers a bit closer to a thousand as we come into the new year. But uh, yeah, 10 shows in 10 days. I'm not sure that was a good idea, but that's another story. <laughs> and, uh, guys, yeah, leave a thumbs up, comment. You can catch the show in audio, for, uh, audio all our shows in audio, at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and all the other podcasting platforms. Thank you very much, Alex. I appreciate your time. And uh, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me, man. Network.